0: Dumb Catholics FM Radio brings you The Catholic Dynamic Duo Catholic Dynamic Duo! Holy Benedict! Another glorious day in the Peach State of Georgia. We find the Catholic Dynamic Duo, Fat Man and his good chum Cardinal, researching the recent appearances of Venom and church. Will they be able to solve this dilemma?
1: Hey, welcome to the Catholic Dynamic Duo podcast. I'm Batman, and I'm joined by my trusty old chum
0: cardinal holy catholic podcast batman um yeah i'm cardinal today um this is our first episode of the catholic dynamic dude it's been it's been a lot of anticipation between us and a lot of procrastination too especially between batman (laughs) what me no no, it's been me it's it's all on me it's a lot of it's a lot of work getting a podcast started you know it seems so easy like yeah just turn on the mics and start recording but then um then the mics
1: won't work so yeah, yeah but everything... i'm not te- technologically inclined i'm an old man so but,
0: <laughs> no but, but i mean everything seems to be going pretty smooth i mean we'll find out later on we'll find out if um you guys enjoy the show but on today's uh, on today's uh, podcast um fat do you want to talk about what the topic is what we're speaking about what what even is this episode about
1: we're going to be talking a little bit about Venom in the context of going to church. Um, in Pretty their, crazy, yeah, in their own fictional universes. So
0: because you don't, you don't expect it, like it's not the Catholic, and this is the Catholic Church too. Not any church. They're so going to the literal Catholic Church, so um, it, it's very interesting because you don't expect superheroes to go to church. Like, why would a superhero believe in God if they have all these powers? Or in this case, a superhero and a villain. Um but yes indeed anti-hero. Yeah,
1: and uh, <laughs> <laughs> anti-hero.
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um for for our, for our, like hardcore like Venom fans, um hopefully we do justice cuz honestly I'm not the biggest Venom buff. I'm uh, you you Winston who's, who do you know more about superhero wise. Or Who do I know ba- more about? Batman, Batman Super- I mean. I can't believe I just called you your secret identity, Winston. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's been exposed.
0: No, I mean, um, just in general. Like, what superhero do you know more about, Batman, or have you read comics about?
1: Have you ever read comics? Uh, I should ask. Yeah, well, I, I read World War Hulk, and that's mainly the number one that I that I know the, I know the most about. I've read some Spider-Man comics. Um, Were these like in your youth? Yeah, yeah. So I don't you're remember. Still, a whole no, you're lot still about pretty them.
0: young. I'm sorry, you're still pretty young. But I mean, like, like, like young, young, like my age.
1: Yes. Well, no, before that, probably oh, nice. when I was in elementary and middle. School.
0: Well, would would you, would you like go like, to a like a comic a comic shop or?
1: No, um my my dad and my older brother both were comic book collectors for oh a little while, and Sick. so they still had some left who, over. Who and I got who, to were, read who were their favorites? Um. I think both of them were big Spider-Man buffs. Like they they loved Spider-Man.
0: Did they have any like Grails, like like thousand dollar worth comic pant issues?
1: I think I think my dad at some point threw away number one. Spider Man oh, sp- number
0: one. Amazing, um, like the yeah. one that's like Amazing Fantasy, where like he's kinda like holding I, I don't know. He just
1: said it was like a super early version. And uh, it, like well, I don't know if he threw it away, but it's like it got sold or or lost in a move or something like that.
0: You heard it here yeah. first, like he, one of the lucky <laughs> listeners might have been the person to obtain this Spider-Man number one. Um, yeah. But, uh, I, yeah, I mean we both, we don't know much about Venom. I, I know the basics because I'm a Spider-Man buff myself. Although this podcast is based on the the dynamic duo Batman and Robin whom's, whose name we will not speak of because it's Batman and Cardinal here. But um. Yeah, I don't know. I I know I know a little bit my about my Batman and, and Robin lore, but when it comes to Venom, it's like the utmost basic. I know that Venom got symbi a symbiote, an alien that climbed right on him and gave him strength. And honestly, as a kid, I can recall um, in the Spider Man three in the movie theater just being frightened, like and having to close my eyes because uh, whenever the, the the symbiote got onto Spider Man. It was, like, scary to me as a five-year-old in 2007, I think. right. Wow. I
1: think I was five, right? <laughs>
0: 2003,
1: 2004. In 2007, like I was in high school. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. They, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm a Batman's young ward, uh, Sebastian. Yeah. Um, but Spider-Man's my main thing I know the most about. Hopefully, throughout um, these podcast episodes, we'll uh, read through more comics. But most importantly, deepen ourselves in our faith. Through this, this uh, show, because that's the point, the Catholic dynamic duo, our goal is to show the Catholic beauty and how um, Catholicism, Christ himself, is in anything that's beautiful, anything that's just attractive to us um, humans. and uh, Especially no, art. Yeah, especially art. God
1: is the ultimate creator, right? Exactly. So our artistic expression, he can be found in that.
0: Um, we try to your... mimic it so much, especially in comics with um trying to achieve perspective. Um I'm a artist um I'm not an artist, but I'm trying to be like a graphic designer, so I've been You're having... an artist. I, <laughs> I think you're an artist, Batman <laughs> Thank you, Batman. But um thank you, good All Trump. right, Cardinal. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, good It's Trump. gonna take
1: forever for us to actually use the names. Yeah, we, we gotta use
0: the names. Um and, and we gotta we gotta get the, the listeners to really uh fall into the Vat the Cave. Like you should have seen us yeah. earlier. We're going down the, the vat pole. It was crazy. Well,
1: we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna need the full costumes. Yeah. I mean, here we are. We're already just exposing our faces. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't have a secret identity or anything. Yeah.
0: Just, I mean, we're we're, we're kind of hoping here. you guys like keep it a secret. You uh, special yeah. viewers, maybe currently just our Bible study friends, but um, if anyone else is listening, so please keep our secret. Um, if anyone asks you who Batman or who Cardinal is say you don't know. You don't have to lie. I mean, just say, you know what, um, I honestly don't know, because you don't know us, truthfully. But you'll find out through the more episodes you watch. The more episodes you listen to. Hopefully, you get closer to your faith. Hopefully, explore the faith or find the faith. But, um, I hope we don't come off as brainwashing at any point, because uh, that's not our goal. It's not our goal. No. Not our goal at all, because we, <laughs> I mean, we, we personally know that uh, pushing something on someone doesn't
1: really work. Um you so Sebastian, Cardinal, what what is your goal with this podcast mainly?
0: The goal of the podcast is to um distract us and maybe get us back on track on Exodus because we've had we we started Exodus 90 and we just have had like a very like slopey like like we started off like strong like so strong like like literally like like not watching any youtube not listening to any other music but like gregorian chant and then we just started slowly adding on little things like oh but like cereal bars that's not candy so yeah this podcast maybe will keep us distracted from these uh things that we're supposed to be away from but the main goal is uh honestly to uh bring others to the faith and to um explore our faith more because we have to do our own research to we don't want to just say whatever i mean we we say that this is presented by Dumb Catholics FM, and I mean we are pretty dumb Catholics, but hopefully, hey, speak for
1: yourself. <laughs> no, I'm, <kidding. laughs> I'm in there with you,
0: no, but um, that's a great beauty that. Uh, so this podcast will be ed- educational for the listeners and for us, and um, yeah. may- may- maybe clear up some things because there's some a lot of misconceptions about the faith, um, a
1: lot. So uh, well, you know what? Yeah, uh, one of the reasons that I'm excited about this podcast is 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 really exactly that where that the fact that we're going to be able to um explore the faith and our own faith and the reason that we believe what we do um and to be able to do some more research um into these things and really just grow closer to Christ um that's the main reason I'm excited about it
0: exactly so that's why please rebuke us in in the comments or wherever if but um Let's start off with the that was a bit of rambling, but I mean hopefully good rambling, but let's start off with the first clip, so we're starting off with venom going to church and um in what sense and if uh maybe this might unlock a secret like a like hidden memory of venom or Eddie Brock before receiving the venom symbiote I guess in this case we might we're maybe like cheating a bit he's not venom yet, but he he essentially is Eddie Brock goes to church and um in Spider-Man 3, and prays, pretty, pretty interesting to see. But what kind of prayer is this? The way this man blesses himself with holy water makes me feel like a chum. Not a good chum either. To see Venom or Eddie Brock praying.
1: He went all in on that holy rocks He like double dip. I know. Look <laughs>
0: at. I, I, I don't even double dip. I, I you do maybe like a one finger.
1: Yeah, I always do one finger.
0: Sprock's or Edward Brock Jr. I come before you today, humbled and humiliated. To ask you for one thing. <sighs> I want you to kill Peter Parker.
1: Okay. Huh. Huh. Okay, so he comes humbled, but yeah. not humble.
0: He comes humbled. So he's been humbled, but he's not truly humble. Um. Yeah. But yeah, I mean. I just want to get another glance at that blessing he did to himself. Did, did he do the top, middle, left, right? Because they mess that up a lot of times in cinema. I think he did. Top, middle, left, right. Okay, yeah, he, he blessed himself correctly. I don't know about the the tool finger thing i mean yeah go for it i yeah. mean we should we should like allow- you know
1: if he had if he had gone the other way if he'd gone right left he would be orthodox oh do you know I, that i didn't even know that
0: i think i you had mentioned yeah. that before in bible study but yeah, i had
1: the, the orthodox end on their heart hmm. which i kind of like so i was i was kind of an orthodox guy for a little while i was like yeah we do the sign of the cross correctly and then i was like <laughs> Okay. Yeah, <laughs> the papacy's true, so I guess I'll. I guess I'll. <laughs> and this,
0: all these crumbs falling on the ground. I'll fall in line. <laughs>
1: all all right, we'll, we won't go into that. We'll save that for okay, uh, yeah. a Eucharist episode.
0: Okay. So blessing was correct. He did the sign of the cross correct. Yep. What was not correct in this scene, though, Winston?
1: Um, when you come before the Lord, you're supposed to give him everything. Right? You're supposed to give him everything that's, that's in your mind and in your heart. And in that way, Eddie Brock was. I mean, he was being totally truthful. He was God. sincere. That was sincerity and fairness. Yes. Where he goes wrong is where he allows wrath and murder into his heart. He's praying a sin to God. Yes. And you and and don't is, do that.
0: So, okay, in that sense, if he still wanted to be sincere, how would he change that prayer?
1: He would have to align himself with the virtues of God. He would have to go and say, These are the things that I'm feeling. I want this person to be hurt, maimed, or dead in the case he wants Peter Parker dead. But I recognize um, that it's not okay. I recognize this is not your will. Right. Mm. So we we I think one of the greatest things that we can do as Catholics or as Christians is to is to refer back to the to our Lord's prayer. Yes, Thy will be done. Thy will be on done on earth as it in as in heaven. So,
0: and then forgive I mean, us our trespasses as we forgive, forgive those who trespass, trespass against us.
1: Right. So he's giving up the ability to forgive Peter Parker. Right. He's like, I don't want to forgive Peter Parker. Yes. My will. My will be done. Yes. I want him dead. So this. Yeah. It's. But you. You, it's you
0: mentioned something weird. I hadn't. You mentioned something I hadn't even noticed in the beginning. He mm. says, "I humbly." How do you say it again? He was like, "I come before you, humbled and humility." That's sincere too. He's humbled, but is he acting with humility?
1: No, no. Because if he was acting with humility, sure, there's tears in his eyes, so he's he's honestly feeling this. I mean, he mm-hmm. means it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's acting, but the character is being portrayed as actually feeling, and this is a a fully honest prayer in the yes. in the sense of this scene. Um.
0: And, and and I mean, we. I don't think we should. Okay, I gotta make this clear. Anyone listening, or any person that isn't of the Catholic faith, um, we're not over here trying to say that we're uh, masters at prayer either, or that our prayers have not been th- in this horrible way either. I can recall times when I've prayed for things that were not okay, maybe things that I shouldn't have, that I didn't need, um, uh, in a in a very prideful manner. So. Um, I I'm, we don't want to put a like a image like we're we're righteous or, or above this kind of prayer. No. We all fall for this kind of prayer where we're just so um, angered and so broken that we just end up praying for something that isn't Christ like. And honestly, Christ still answers those prayers. How though? Not the way we expected like I think I think Christ would still answer this prayer but it'd be maybe in a rebuking way, in a way for him to see the wrong in what he's saying. Because Christ still loves Eddie Brock here. Christ it's not like Christ right. automatically is like, Oh, we just prayed for something evil. I don't love you anymore. No, Christ still loves him. So he will still my, answer, I'm sorry.
1: In my experience with with answered prayers, hmm. um I've I've had the great, I guess, grace or benevolence or great, great blessings. Blessing of having answers or or having my prayers be answered before. Um, and it takes a minute to recognize that this, that your, that your prayers are being answered because quite often the way that God answers your prayers or, um, reveals himself to you and his will, you know, and what ultimately is the best good for you, um, in those prayers being answered, it's not what you are expecting. It's always, at least in my experience, um. sometimes the opposite it's it's sometimes the exact opposite but um in the best possible way
0: yes because for example i can recall times when um maybe i mean this wasn't me praying for a sinful thing but i prayed for for my vocation to be um to be a, a father to have children and i was like completely closed off to idea of priesthood and um, after that prayer, the complete opposite happened. I became open to priesthood and to fall- to becoming a dad, if that was the case. So it's it's funny how the Lord works. So this prayer could still be answered by Eddie Brock because the Lord still loves Eddie Brock. We're talking in a fictional standpoint. Eddie Brock is not a real person in this case, but I mean, there might be a viewer named Eddie Brock. So I'm not saying you're fake. You're real, Eddie Brock. Listening, if you are listening, you got a pretty cool name. Um, but uh, hi, Eddie. <laughs> hi, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> hi mom (laughs) oh Um, hi mom you're definitely watching (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) hi commissioner gordon (laughs) um oh no we got to come up with a new name for commissioner gordon we can't we can't like warner Warner brothers is gonna like like strike us if we use their names um
1: pope francis
0: hi (laughs) Uh, Pope francis hi hi pope francis please bless us digitally father (laughs) um (laughs) Father but, Mike
1: Smith, appreciate. Oh you. yeah, Father
0: Mike Smith, dude. If you're watching, <laughs> shout this, out, shout out. <laughs> we love your stuff. We talk about you all the time. Um, but yeah, so Winston, what's the, what does the Catechism say about prayer? Or, I mean, Batman, dang, what am I doing?
1: Uh, yes, yes, prayer. So the Catechism says a lot about prayer, but I'm not going to go in depth. Um, I'll just read a little bit of it. Um, one of the things that it starts out with is actually a quote from. Saint Teresa of Lisieux, and it's a beautiful quote. Um, It goes, "For me, prayer is a surge of the heart. It is a simple look turned toward heaven. It is a cry of recognition and love, and of love, embracing both trial and joy." So, for Saint Teresa of Lisieux, prayer wasn't necessarily this structured thing that has to be recited word for word, you know, and memorized perfectly. It's a simple look. Turned towards heaven. And it's a cry from the heart. It's this crying out of recognition of God and what He's done for us and what He's continuing to do for us and what He will do for us. And 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 then we're also using our hearts and we're crying out to Him in love. And we're embracing the trials of the world, the trials of living and all the hard things that are going to come. And we're also, (laughs) at the same time, we're also um, embracing the joy. Yes. That overcoming those trials and loving God gives us, it's just so much joy.
0: I love that you bring that up because sometimes I think there's a misconception that in the Catholic church, prayer is has to be structured, it has to be a certain way, superstition and all this. No, uh, I'm hearing this is directly from the catechism. Prayer can literally be anything. It's just a glance at God. Just by me turning and looking at this divine, beautiful divine mercy image behind me and just glancing at it. Imagining God, thinking about God—that is prayer in itself. And as Saint yeah. Mar- Saint Martin de Porres would uh, say, I, I hope I pronounce it right. I normally say his name in Spanish, San Martín de Pores. but um, I don't know the direct quote. But I know that he would say that prayer can be anything. He could even pray while like like a brooming. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, a lot of the monks would do that, and, and, and yeah. that's that's a beautiful thing. So in this case, if we if we were to do a checklist. Winston of Eddie Brock his prayer alongside this catechist uh, catechism um mentioning of St Teresa of Lisieux what yeah. is he like what is he checking off what box is he checking off is he checking off any
1: i would say uh, from this quote he's checking he's checking off one which one? maybe maybe two mm-hmm. he's checking off it's a surge of the heart but we have to be careful with our hearts because we can have wounded hearts and we mm-hmm. can have Hearts that are hardened, and they're not fully changed into a heart of flesh that God wants to give us. I would say before I came back to the faith, my heart had you know through the injuries of the world turned to a heart of stone, and I think that's what we're seeing in Eddie Brock here. He's got this hardened heart, and it, he feels wounded, and so he's he has this surge of the heart, but it's a surge of of the, of wrath. Um, and then the other point is. You know, Therese says that it's a cry of the recognition of God. So he is sort of recognizing that God is here and is going to listen to him. But he's not using the loving part. He he wants, it, at least to me, it doesn't seem like it, you know, he's he's looking at God as like this wrathful father who will do something for him. Yeah. You and know, like the, the bad guy genie.
0: Yeah. And you can't expect God to love you if you can't love others. That's why in the Our Father Prayer we say forgive our trespasses we forgive those who trespass against us. Because, essentially, we... I'd be careful with
1: that. God loves us regardless.
0: No, no, no. I I wanted to mention that too. (laughs) But what I meant is, like, we can't expect God to answer these prayers if they're not coming from a loving heart, from a heart that's loving another. In this case, he's hating Peter Parker. And to give context, anyone who hasn't seen Spider-Man 3, what just happened here, I think he just lost his job and... Uh, maybe his girlfriend, I think, when Stacy. I haven't seen Spider-Man 3 in a while. But so he's he's lost like essentially what so, a secular person, no offense uh, to any non-believer. But what someone of the world would say, I lost everything once you lose your girl and your job. Because when, you, when, when one lives in that mindset of the world, it's very easy to, and I've fallen for that too, to think when you lose those things of the world, you've lost everything yeah and um I guess in that case and, and that prayer too if he was truly being uh, sincere upon God and humble upon God and and loving I don't think he would go into prayer think acting like he lost everything when he still has God obviously we're all human we're all broken I've gone into prayer at times feeling like I've lost everything so I'm not saying that I'm immune to that or that we're immune to that we all fall for that but essentially that That's not okay though, because we should never feel like we've lost everything because we always have Christ, literal creator of the universe right next to us at all times. It's incredible. And I wish we could meditate on it better. Um, Is there anything else in the or I mean, the checkboxes? So you said he checked maybe two.
1: Well, I have I have more stuff from the from the catechism if we want to go over some of those. Yeah, yeah, Uh, there's there's another quote. um, Prayer is the raising of one's mind and heart to God or the requesting of good things from God. So you want to request good things. You good don't want to things. request evil,
0: and um, and sometimes we may be which, deceived to think that our things that we're asking are good.
1: Yeah, there are a lot of things in the world that we may think are good, especially if we come if if, if we've been taught by the world and we're not considering, um, what we learn from the scriptures mm-hmm. or from the tradition of the church. Um, here I've got another one. Only when we humbly acknowledge that. We do not know how to pray as we ought. Are we ready to receive freely the gift of prayer?
0: So in a sense, it's like going to prayer, knowing that you don't know how to pray. Yeah. I love that because I can recall times when I went into prayer, honestly, out of fear, because I felt like my prayer just sucked or that my prayer wasn't really good enough.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I think that's really common, especially when you, when you like get the sense of God and how much that He does love you, mm-hmm. you're like, "Oh wow, I want to reciprocate this. I want to be able to love God the way that He is commanding." Um, you know, like the, the the first and greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, yes. with your soul, and and all your strength. And it's, and it's scary. It's
0: like, how, how it's scary when you try to think about how do I do it, but then you remember, okay, it's not how do I do it. It's how do how do I ask the Lord for Him to help me to
1: do this, right? But what were you also hearing? Prayer is a gift. Oh, I was going to mention, there's there's some more here. Prayer is an encounter of God's thirst with ours. If our heart is far from God, the words of prayer are in vain. Mm. Yeah, I think that- If
0: our heart is far from the will of the Lord, then our our prayer will be far from the Lord. In vain. In vain. Yeah.
1: Because we have to understand that God is the creator of the universe. He sets all things in motion. He makes rain fall on islands where no man lives. You know, he does things that we can't understand because God is not a human being, except for Jesus. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jesus is the incarnation who became man. And so that's how we, that's, Jesus is how we understand God as a human being, Mm -hmm. but God the Father and God, the Holy Spirit are not human beings. So we have to make sure that our hearts are more aligned with God so that our pro- so that our prayers are not in vain. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, like That's ben, not me. That's the catechism. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, yeah, Mason.
0: Yeah. So intelligent and
1: so muscular. <laughs> so muscular, I love Batman. the catechism.
0: So muscular, well,
1: Batman. We have to fight crime.
0: So. Yeah, we got to fight crime, dude. We got to fight the evils I mean,
1: you, of... We need to get on it. Yeah. Get on it. We no, need to get big no, like me. Not, not doing good, but... <laughs>
0: Uh, Cardinal, though, so I kind of have to be lanky, you know. I I gotta fit in the little vents whenever, like, the Vatman can't fit
1: through the vents. Yeah, I'm a big boy. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm (laughs) thick.
0: (laughs) But, um, it's funny to think about Venom just going to church. Like, I I, I think the only good thing about the symbiote during the, the sign of peace, literally, like, he can just give everyone the sign of peace. I don't think anyone in church has ever given everyone inside the sanctuary the sign of the peace. Well,
1: in in the scene that we saw, I'm pretty sure Peter Parker has the symbiote. yeah and it's and that, not Eddie Brock mm, doesn't have it yet. Yeah,
0: no, I'm just saying in a yeah. sense like just imagining like just venom going to church with the symbiote. It's a time of the sign of peace. Uh, peace mm-hmm. be with you. So, this isn't the first time Eddie Brock or Venom has shown his Catholic faith. Um actually this is the the first time happened in the comics. He is initially was a Catholic um, or at least in the comics, it's not something new. Um, so the fact that the, that the movie included, it was not like something, uh, innovational. So I have a couple of panels actually displaying, um, Venom's, uh, Catholicism throughout comic books. So anyone uh, listening will read them, obviously. <laughs> Don't worry, but you can always, uh, watch the actual, um, you can always, like, watch the actual recording on YouTube, on the YouTube channel at the Catholic Dynamic Duo um, if you want to see the actual uh, uh, panels we're looking at. So, this isn't the first time we... Actually, uh, let's start off with the first comic panel. Okay. That displayed uh, his Catholic faith. I don't know. I might be wrong. Like we said in the beginning, we're not true Venom buffs. Like, we haven't, like, analyzed every Venom comic. I wish we would have been that prepared. But um, if any Venom fans in the listening... Um, or watching, no more about Venom, no more about like an earlier uh, panel displaying his Catholic faith, please do tell us because this intrigues us as much as it may intrigue anyone else, any other Catholic. The Catholic dynamic duo will be back after a short break. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's a super saint. All right. So, welcome to the Super Saints segment. This is our <laughs> segment where um, we talk about a saint, saint of the day, and not going to lie to you, today is not actually the 27th, because the saint we're what? going over... What are you talking about? I know, Hey, right? no, We look like we're the same day, or um, maybe we're just a little bit dirty because we're wearing the same things from yesterday, but that doesn't matter. We shouldn't seek vanity. <laughs> I'm joking. Anyways, uh... So today's saint or yesterday's saint by the time you're listening to this saint is Saint Angela Merici. Um awesome saint. Super saint indeed. As all saints are super saints. Hope you like the intro. It's a it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's a super saint. No. They, they heard it? it. They know. Yeah, but I <laughs> asked already I, hope, know. I hope I hope they like it, you know. I put okay. a lot of time into that. Winston, I know. Okay. <laughs> just joking. We're,
1: we're
0: jokers, like especially today, since this is a different day. So if we seem a little off-ish, because it's not that actual same day. Remember, I mean, we got Robin. He just popped up in here. Or Cardinal, not Robin. We don't mention that name. Cardinal and the Batman. Anyways, I guess I'll start off. Um, her sister, uh, Angela, Super Saint Angela's sister, had actually died. And she died before being able to receive her last sacraments. And due to that, Angela was very... Um, concerned about the her sister's eternal salvation as any of us would be the sacraments are beautiful and they they help us to get on that um into heaven um obviously uh, it's not saying she was concerned but we shouldn't completely fall under worry we must also remember about our lord's divine mercy um but the lord granted her a great grace because in a vision she saw that her sister was in heaven and by the company of all the other super saints um she due to that vision she became more devout in her faith and uh, joined the third order of saint francis where she also pledged to remain a consecrated virgin forsaking marriage to one man to be married to the lord and his church anyone who doesn't know when you um like a like a clergy any clergy member of the clergy when they take a vote a vow of it is honestly like being married to the church to the church for a priest or um in the case of a sister it would be being married to the lord and um do you want to continue? Uh Batman?
1: Sure. Um so when Angela was 20 years old, her uncle died and she returned to Cenzano. She found that her that around her hometown there were many young girls who had no education and no hope. Her heart was moved. She also became distressed by their ignorance and upset at the parents who had not educated them. So she opened her own home to them and began to teach them herself. She devotedly devoutly taught them the catholic christian faith by her example and instruction she taught them how to pray and participate in the sacramental life of the church she evangelized and catechized these young girls opening them up opening them up to a life of grace um now this part's pretty cool uh i don't do you want to take this one
0: no 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 you came up with this idea yesterday
1: it was awesome in 1524, she eagerly took up an opportunity to travel to the Holy Land. Uh, during the journey, she was suddenly struck with blindness while on the island of Crete. This did not stop her, though. She con- she continued the journey with as much enthusiasm as she would have if she had, had her vision. She made the entire pilgrimage and visited the sacred shrines. On the journey back home, her sight was miraculously restored while she was praying before a crucifix in the same place where she had become blind, back at Crete. The Lord showed Angela through this experience that she must never shut her eyes to the needs she saw around her and not to shut her heart to God's call. Yes. So uh, that that struck me. Um so she becomes disabled during this pilgrimage. Um and then of course we read above this that, you know, she started a uh to to Well, we're gonna read later that she started some schools, but up there she's teaching the, the yeah. kids in her own community. Mm-hmm. Uh and so I, we were talking about this the other day that she reminds me of uh, Professor X in this way. Uh...
0: Exactly. The, the professor himself, you know, big, mm-hmm. big brain, big mind, um, organized the, the school of mutants, the X-Men uh, who fight crime or I guess like fight, fight um, evil, trying to seek peace. So in this case, he's doing the same thing, teaching them the virtues of the Catholic faith to fight what is wrong. To fight for what is pure and peace. um, Raising up more super saints. Um, And uh, yeah. She was also disabled for a little bit. Not like Professor X where he was disabled. Like his whole life. Or not his whole life. But like um, for the rest of his life. After uh, losing his ability to walk. But um, she lost her sight. And um, she still continued. She persevered. Just as Professor X perseveres. Although he cannot uh, move. Because there is more to us than just. Um, our flesh and um, during the jubilee year in 1525 angela traveled to rome uh, to gain the special grace of plenary indulgence offered to all christian pilgrims pope clement the seventh had heard of angela and her great holiness he noted her wonderful success as a religious teacher for young girls and invited her to stay in rome angela was humble disliked publicity and kindly declined declined the generous offer and though the woman of the community, like her her, her order, um, like that she was essentially starting before it was even like for, like a formal order, they didn't wear any special okay. religious habit, um, or they didn't take any formal vows, um, but they they wrote a rule of life, um, and and the the rule was essentially to live a life of consecrated celibacy, poverty, and obedience. They lived this rule of life within their own homes. Um, And this was the first group of consecrated women to work outside of a formal cloister or convent in her day and became the first teaching order of women in the Catholic Church. Pretty awesome. Just as Professor X is like the first school of mutants, I think. I don't know, correct us, correct us, our our comic book fans. Um, But she also was like the first teaching order of women in the Catholic Church. Um, and essentially, like also, the, if I'm not mistaken, the first uh, order of women that weren't like in a monastery or in a convent, like kind of cloistered, they were outside doing um, stuff out, out in, in public. And the community existed as what is called the secular institute until years after Angela's death. St. Angela Merici was beatified on April 30th, 1768 by Pope Clement XIII and canonized May 24th, 1807 by Pope Pius the 7th. is um, often attributed in imagery or in uh, icons with a cloak and ladder. Um, mm-hmm. She's a pain- That's interesting, you know? We don't really hear much about a cloak and ladder, but that's, that's up to you guys to do more research on this awesome super saint. She's a patron saint of sickness, disabled and physically challenged people and those grieving their loss of their par- of parents. Her feast day celebrated January 27th. So today. Actually yesterday. But think of it like today. And while you're listening, think about it like it's January 27th and the prayer um, to St. Angela for intercession, just as all super saints are awesome in the way that they are buddies, um, fight crime with us, fight evil with us, pray for us through the power that the Lord grants them. Um, So would you like to lead us in prayer?
1: Sure. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, St. Angela, you were not afraid of change. You did not let stereotypes keep you from serving. Help us to overcome our fear of change in order to follow God's call and allow others to follow theirs. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Okay.
0: Yes. Um, so it was a great teaching, Saint Angela Medici, with um basically not being being blind to the people in need around us, which is very difficult and um it's scary sometimes because there's so many of our brothers and sisters in need. But it's uh, always not to be driven by that fear, but to be driven by the Lord. Ask him who he wants you to help, who, how much he wants you to help. Always seeking him for that clarity because he is a Lord of clarity, not a Lord of confusion. Um, don't seek it, to do anything alone, essentially. Seek, uh, just as we should not let any of our brothers and sisters alone. We should not feel like we're alone either because we have the Lord by our side. An undeserving blessing. But now back onto the show. tubular you're still here well that's great because now we're back on to the show here's the first panel this is actually from i think uh when he first gets the symbiote so this is essentially what we just saw in the movie but um in comics so um do you want to read winston sure
1: as Batman. uh
0: <laughs> Batman. yeah i'm sorry <laughs> yeah. do you want to read Batman?
1: good job. okay here we go so it's this is eddie brock it looks like He's speaking here. And I decided to end it all. But I was raised Catholic, and suicide is a mortal sin. So I wandered from church to shadowed church, praying for forgiveness. Then, at Our Lady of Saints, something odd happened. A shadow moved, it caressed me. I was joined. But this was a shadow filled with light. It clarified my anguish, focused my purpose. Its hatred for you matched my own. It knew who you were, and it had power. Oh, such power. We found the woman first. Later, we found your empty apartment. You were running from us. But the shadow knew you well, knew you'd have to learn who we were. So we went trolling, using ourselves as a lure, and apparently, the bait.
0: Name, he meant like he means like the bait worked. But um actually, I remember because I've read like the comics uh, leading up to this. He had a yeah. uh, kidnapped Mary Jane, I think. And the reason why Spider-Man is seen with the symbiote costume is because essentially he got rid of the symbiote. If I'm not mistaken, correct me any uh, nerdier fans out there listening. But he got rid of the, the symbiote because uh, obviously it was like messing up his mood. And like now Eddie has it. And he but he still wanted the suit. He liked the idea of like a whole black suit with like white um lenses and everything. So he, he made like himself a suit that wasn't a symbiote. But it's interesting to see how um very similar this is to the actual movie. Except the prayer is different. This prayer is a bit better, I think. He's he feels like like killing himself, so it makes it makes sense that he'd go into prayer. Actually, it's the best thing you would well, probably
1: do. There's not a whole lot of prayer h- here. Like we don't hear the the prayer, yeah, we don't but hear yes, the, yeah. it is a better a better prayer. Reason,
0: a better reasoning
1: behind the prayer. Yeah.
0: Obviously any reason is a reason to pray. But I mean like the way that But praying Eddie's, for
1: forgiveness is a big one.
0: Yes, yes. Um But yeah, he praying for, for- forgiveness and he praises at a church called Our Lady of Saints. Interesting thing, there's not an actual Catholic church called Our Lady of Saints this is like a fictional Catholic church in the Marvel universe. So I think that's just awesome to think about how they, there's like their own Catholic church. And that, that sounds like a reasonable name. Our lady of saints, like Mary's like the queen of all saints. So.
1: Yeah. Sorry. Something just struck my, just struck me as I was watching this, because I kind of know I I have my own experiences with the enemy and seeing this reminds me of kind of like fighting with the enemy. If you go up to like the top there, mm -hmm. um, Cause here he is, he's struggling and he's c- contemplating suicide. And that that's common. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's something that we all deal with um, in our lives is, you know, heavy depression and potentially just wanting to, just wanting to escape, just wanting to end everything. Mm-hmm. Right. It's that's something that a lot of us go through. Um, and here he's trying, he's trying so hard, but then a shadow moved and it caressed him. And that is something that the enemy will most certainly do it it if the enemy can see that you're in a in a weakened state and they can kind of caress you towards a certain way of thinking or being they will yeah so like to me this is kind of you know the the symbiote is kind of like a demonic force here in a exactly. way exactly and it, it kind yeah. of looks exactly like it too
0: yeah the way the way it's like kind of symbolized shadowing mm-hmm. Shadow moved me, caressed me, and um, the shadow gave him what he wanted. But what he wanted, or I mean, I guess he wanted forgiveness here. But I, I noticed something. It says, um, "The shadow was filled with light. It clarified my anguish, focused, focused my purpose. Its hatred for you matched my own." So in this case, I guess it's implying. I don't remember the comic too well. It's implying that he hated uh, Peter Parker here. So it gave him yeah, and what his symbiote
1: hates, Spider-Man.
0: Yeah. Yes. So it gave him. What I guess in this case, it kind of gave him what he wanted deep down inside. Although, even though it did that, that doesn't mean it was a good thing.
1: And Well, and, and, and I think this also relates to the demonic. Because in, in a lot of ways, as human beings, we can become frustrated with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can be frustrated with the scenarios and the situation that God puts us in. And we turn on him. We turn our backs to him. And then that's exactly what the demons did. So they have that exact... Like understanding, so it's like yeah. So they in, share it, yeah.
0: Th- th- this in this case, it would be like it, it matched my hatred for you. So I I don't think we should say that maybe Eddie hated, or if, if well, this was like paralleling, I don't think we should say we hate when we're angry with. I think we should compare it to uh, our anger towards God, and that right, and that it's the demon, the demon, an ignorance, of some kind, and the, yeah. yeah, an ignorance that causes or that anger t- towards God the demon kind of feeds off the anger cuz the demon's angry and it hates god itself so it like kind of uh builds up like we were speaking it, um adds leaven to the bread and it just causes Here, it to rise
1: oh you're 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 referencing leaven yeah. <laughs> yeah, i yeah. see what you're doing there um but look look in, in that middle panel up there he talks about the light he says but this shadow filled with this but this was a shadow filled shadow with, with light, light. And it clarified my anguish, focused my purpose, and its hatred for you matched my own. And that's that's another thing is um, quite often the the demonic uh, what they will sort of tempt you with is a kind of light or a kind of knowledge, something that you want, something that'll make you feel comfortable,
0: exactly um, that what, will encourage you. Exactly yeah. what it tempted Eve with, or an Adam, a light of knowledge,
1: right. Yeah, light of knowledge will be God, and in that sense, the 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 great sin there with the fall was the communing with the serpent and not with God. It was, you know, Eve could have said, you know, you know, I'm going to speak with God about this, Mm -hmm. but instead she kept listening to the serpent because she found the fruit beautiful and she thought, well. Maybe the serpent has a point.
0: Yeah, and um, I, I love that because it, it's it's very nice, like how we just got all of that from just one comic panel. Because uh, we read this last night in preparation, and none we didn't. We none of this came out. This is like the whole spirit working. But the iman- amount of imagery, like like we said with the beginning of the show, we hope to show that literally Christ and Catholicism is is in everything. At least the ideology behind. The faith is in everything here. Like the the venom symbiote is essentially like demon, like Satan tempting us, giving us what we want, although it may not be good for us.
1: I'd like to remind people, uh, especially Catholics, Mm -hmm. the word Catholic means universal. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not just in this little narrow-minded set of circumstances.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's universal. All things are encompassed by God.
0: It's funny as as a kid of uh, Batman, I used to I used to think that like his like the Catholic Church was a Hispanic denomination because here where we're from, in the nice sunny peach state of Georgia, as the intro implied, um, kind of cold right now actually though it's from winter, but um, it's I, cold. I, <laughs> I thought the Catholic Church was like a Hispanic denomination because here in the South or in America in general, it's mainly our Protestant brothers um, that dominate when it comes to uh the faith in our country. Yeah. So uh, as a kid, I thought like, oh, okay, I guess the Catholic church is like a Hispanic denomination of Christianity. But um no, actually, if you look up the, and many sources, many evidence suggests that the Catholic church is 2000 years old or a bit more than that. And how, when was Christ walking on earth? Um, we got to it... think,
1: what was it? Uh, Christ crucified between 30, 33 AD. Mm-hmm. So since then, after establishing the church himself, mm-hmm. so while he was alive, um, before so like, he was crucified, and then he like, establishes Peter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, Peter, upon this Peter, rock, I will, will build my church. Mm-hmm. And um, so we in the Catholic faith, we see that as as like the beginning of the church, is like with Peter. Yes, as, the first you know, pope. First. Yeah, because he has the keys yeah. of the kingdom.
0: And it's incredible. I'm reading Acts right now, and I see how much they like kind of mention Peter, like kind of setting up like the rules for everyone. He's like, all right, guys, guys, we got it like in like Peter. It's always like Peter then stated, or like Peter then Peter, this, it's like clear that Peter is a leader here.
1: Yeah. And not only that. um, So if Christ is crucified in 20, in in 33 AD, that means that we're waiting. We're almost there. Like by 2033, 2030, right? I mean, that's like, that's 2000 years.
0: Yeah. And, and there's evidence to suggest the Catholic church is that old. So, um, I know this is like a little quick Catholic fact, but I know I didn't know as a kid. So if this may be enlightened, someone else. The Catholic Church isn't really a denomination. It's the first Christian church there was and is. The it's still the first Christian church, um, yeah. but yeah, let's uh, move on to the next panel. Let's see uh, what this next panel shows us. So here we have another interesting panel with uh, Eddie Brock in in uh, priestly uh, vestments. That's what you'd call him, right? Yeah. Do you want to read this one, Winston?
1: How about you read this one?
0: Okay. Unknown hours pass. Uh Welcome back to the Land of the Living, Spider-Man. What a pity your stay will be such a short one. I'm doing my whole little like Eddie Brock voice. What, Lord uh, I don't want to say the Lord's name in vain, but um, <laughs> I was just reading the comic. Apropos sentiments, considering the circumstances. Just as altered, just as my altered garb is appropriate. After all, we are, in a manner of speaking, about to exercise. a hey, demon. He ha ha ha. Interesting here. Symbiote is referred to as a demon. So in this in this panel, I don't think I don't know where this is specifically from. We should probably research this better next time. But any uh, big buffs, like correct us, please. Um, I think in this case, uh, uh Eddie is trying to get the symbiote back. And uh, Spider-Man has a symbiote right now. That's why we're seeing a church bell because a church bell, like the bell or any kind of loud noise is kind of the symbiote's um, weakness. So mm. um, he's trying to get the, the the symbiote off of Spider-Man. And um, he's they're calling it exorcism, treating the symbiote as a demon, as we analyzed earlier.
1: Interesting. Yeah. And, you know, bells, the... the, the there's a lot going on with the symbols of bells, but um, I think specifically just thinking about it, what do, what do bells in your mind, like, what do you think about what is the ringing of a bell significant for, for you?
0: When I hear the bell, I I, I mean, one, the main thing that comes to mind is the consecration. Okay. So when, uh when the, for anyone, any of you or listener, that doesn't know the consecration is we're in our faith. We believe that the, the priest, um, through the power of Christ, the the unleavened bread turns into the body of Christ. So that's the consecration. They, they ring a bell three times. Um, I think there's only like 11 actual bells inside with one empty one.
1: Yeah. I think during the Norvis Ordo, there's mm-hmm. the bell is rung three times, and it's once for the initial consecration of, the, of mm-hmm. the bread and wine, and then it's also for the reading. So when the priest holds the the bread... And he says, this is my body, which I, which will be, you know,
0: given to saved. you, yeah, heard. which will
1: be given to you uh, and, re- and and do this in remembrance of me. And then he holds it up. There's the bell ringing. So and there was the before there was a bell and then the blood. He does the same thing. So, yeah, we you know, take we, this, all of you and drink of it. Yes. So this is my, this is my blood, which will and, be shed for you.
0: And, uh, and uh, we believe, yeah, we believe that the wine also turns into blood. But what what, yeah. what came to your mind with the bells?
1: It's. I mean, the reason that we do that in the Norbus Ordo is to tell people that this is significant. Pay mm-hmm. attention.
0: Kind mm-hmm. of just you kind of wake up the people that maybe fell asleep throughout the whole rest of the mass. You're like, all right, Correct. guys, the the consecration is going on. Dude, wake up.
1: So, a bell is something that you use to gather, like to to get the attention of a group of people, Um, and that's that's what the bell has always been for, or or to warn someone that something's happening. This is hey. Look, there's this loud noise. Look. <laughs> That's what the bell's for. Uh,
0: I, I, I never thought of that. And um, actually, another thing about it, is this, like, is there, like, a vestment? That, because I know when the priest, like, is about to hear a confession, he wears the purple, uh, what would that be called, sash? Mm-hmm. Purple. Well, here I, he's... I don't know the he, exact term. He's wearing a white, I guess, like a... And it looks like a scarf, but it's not that. I know it's a more proper word. I wonder, is there, like, an exorcism... Thing they wear, just like in confession, they wear the purple one. Do they wear a white one? Is that why he's wearing white want.
1: I'm just curious. Like, is this accurate? I want to know how accurate. That's something is. that we would have to research. Uh, oh, but yeah. I think you're onto something.
0: Let me let me just quickly look up. Um, what does a priest wear Ooh, to exercise? Okay,
1: it says ah, oh, the purple stole. Yeah, yeah. Why does the priest
0: wear a purple? So it's called a stole. Please forgive my ignorance earlier. As you can see, I'm not the. I'm, I am kind of a dumb Catholic. Um, so they wear it in a confession and an exorcism. The purple stole.
1: So the stole is a scarf that was used as a symbol of authority. for. Hey, I wasn't too
0: fishing. wrong. Scarf.
1: <laughs> yeah. And authority is a big deal, especially when it comes to exercising demons. Mm-hmm. And if you step outside of your authority, that's a good way to be uh, inf- uh, afflicted by demons. So mm-hmm. don't step out of your authority. Um, it would be something like the badge that a police officer or fire wears today. The Catholic Church, when part of the Roman Empire, adopted the stole to indicate when a priest is engaged in his role as a presider during the celebration of a sacrament. Mm. The, colors, the colors for the vestments used in the celebration of sacraments and other liturgical events were selected by, the Pope, oh, by Pope Innocent III, a 12th century bishop of Rome. For their symbolism, white for Christmas and Easter, red for the feasts of the martyrs and the Holy Spirit, green for ordinary time, and purple for Advent and Lent. They also evoke a particular mood. The color purple has a cool, calming effect, which lends itself to the quiet, reflective moods of Advent and Lent. Purple is associated with penance and with healing. healing. Exorcism is popularized in is popularized in many Hollywood movies are actually gonna, extremely go rare there. in the Catholic Church. Yeah. While the sacrament of reconciliation is a regular part of the church's life, both exorcism and confession involve a ritual praying for the healing of a person from the power of evil, and a reunion with the Christian community. In that sense, the healing color purple is appropriate as a sign of God's healing power at work through the ministry of the priest and the prayers of the community.
0: Okay, so awesome. This is by Father Joe Scott. Thank you, Father Joe Scott. I'm not sure if you're listening to this. It was a great description. It's not directly from the Catechism, but... And I wonder, so it's always been purple, based on that, that understanding? Seems like it, or... Because purple is like a calming color. Maybe. Well, any anyway, anyways, the idea behind that was to know if like this is an accurate, uh, I guess, uh, vestment or what he's wearing. For yeah,
1: it never said anything about white.
0: Yeah, it never said anything. So, Marvel, i said... I don't think I've
1: ever seen a priest wear white. Yeah,
0: yeah, I was confused. I was like, okay, but I mean, this is a symbiote exorcism. Maybe it's like a special one. Maybe the Catholic Church like has like a secret <laughs> one for
1: symbiotes that we don't know <laughs> They're about. They're men in black. Yeah, where they go like, after aliens. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and
0: it's like, it's they got special priests that would, instead they have the white ones, and like when you see a white one, that's how you know, oh, they're dealing with aliens, dude. Like, it's some real deal yeah. stuff. Um, anyways, uh, so Marvel, you, you, you guys are kind of wrong here. All you had to do is just switch the color of purple. Who knows? I, might, I may be wrong. Maybe in the '90s when this came out, white was an exorcist one because white is purity. White it's in the Catholic cool. Church is seen as purity, the color of purity. They mention it many times in the scripture. I don't. No, specifically where, but I know that it's always mentioned that white is almost pure, correct?
1: Um, especially when you're talking about the Passover lamb, it's supposed mm-hmm. to be uh, a lamb without blemish.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, Blem- blemish there. would
0: be like spots and all that, right? So, yeah, it's a white white is a sign of purity. Um, so maybe this is somewhat accurate. Who knows?
1: Anyway, of course, is a prefiguring of Christ, yeah, it was without yeah. blemish, yeah.
0: Yeah, here's another comic panel from a venom comic. You want to read this okay. one, Winston?
1: Okay. So why are we here? Because my old friend, Mr. Brock has seen a certain Mel Gibson movie, which he says has changed his life forever. And now he wishes to exorcise this beast from his heart. He's had a crisis of faith, it seems, and tells me that he's ready to suffer the consequences of his illness now. He's giving the alien up to whoever makes the most generous offer. Auctioning a psychotic killer to a gang of supervillains? That doesn't sound too Christ-like. What are you doing, Brock? Giving the proceeds to charity? Brock then says, that's exactly what I'm doing, Mysterio. The piece of trash would only find a new host anyway. And at least this way, all that dirty money you guys bid goes to a good cause. Well said, Mr. Brock. Naturally, you'll want to check the goods before you make a a bid. So I'd like to warn any epileptics in the audience to look away for a second as our friend here gets into character.
0: Awesome Um, panel. So essentially, this is a saying like Eddie Brock. It's canon that Eddie Brock has seen Passion of the Christ. Mm Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And so Passion of the Christ moved them just like it's probably moved all of us to feel like, wow, we're horrible, which I love when movies make me feel like that.
1: Yeah, uh, the Passion of the Christ is such a powerful, yes. powerful movie because it, you know, we understand um, the Passion of Christ yes. as part of our as part of what's going on during the mass. So really the Passion of the Christ, when you watch it, it's like being at the liturgy. Yes, it's so- like being right there during it. And, and it's, it's, it, oh, it's any rough. any viewer
0: that any viewer listener that doesn't know in the Catholic church, we believe that at during mass we are at Calvary again. So we aren't re-crucifying Christ, but we are there with him at Calvary being that he's omnipotent. He's not part of time. We are there with him during his crucifixion.
1: Yeah, we are in a state outside of time.
0: Yes. And yeah. so that's why it's like heaven on earth being at mass. So, um, here Venom or Eddie Brox has had a change of heart. No longer is is the symbiote controlling him, where we've seen in the previous comic panels. He now, after seeing the movie, it's really moved him, and it's hard because sometimes when we're filled with so much darkness, in this case, the symbiote, it's hard to see the light. It's only through Christ's grace that we can Christ's grace that we can see a light. So this has been a grace of Christ for him to change, have a change of heart. It's not. You can't go from a life full of sin to a life trying attempting virtue. It's not that easy. That's literally through the grace of Christ. So this is a grace of Christ right here, where he just saw, uh, like a, he had a change of heart. He's uh selling the same view. Bu-
1: I mean, I think people outside of the church can absolutely pursue virtue mm-hmm. or to to try to be virtuous and try to do good things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they. Want to help other people, I know well, like when I was traveling across the country, I would say ninety nine percent of the people that I encountered while I was just out on the street just doing what I was doing, and anytime that I needed help people, people generally wanted to help me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we read in the Catechism that Christ writes his laws on all of our hearts, and we call that our conscience our mm. con, con-
0: to, conscience conscience sort of to to know what's yeah. good and
1: what's evil, right. so we all have that. It's written on us, and so If you're outside of the church, you absolutely can live a Christ-like life because God wrote those things on you. Um, It's just the reason that we evangelize is because we believe that we have the fullness of that faith and that you can live it even more fully through him and through the sacraments that we receive in the church.
0: Yes, um, if you can give Christ all, why not give him all after he's given you all? Um, So here we see Eddie Brock trying to give his all to Christ now, when I when me and Winston went over this uh, panel last night, me and Batman, <laughs> me and my good old chum Batman went over this uh, panel last night. I thought it was I thought it was maybe the opposite of Virtue selling a a killing alien, and it will still end up doing the same damage as a killing alien. But I guess, like you mentioned, it would have still found another host. So by him selling it and donating the money, it's like the best choice instead of him just letting the host go loose completely. So. In some cases, I guess it's a bit virtuous. I don't know. I need a father's perspective on this. <laughs> Father Mike, if you can give us a perspective, is this like a good decision? <laughs> Father Mike, if you're listening, is this a good decision of, of Eddie Brock to sell the symbiote and donate the money? What would have been a better option? I don't know. Father Mike, leave leave your response in the comments, please. <laughs>
1: um, I'm sure he'll see this. Yeah, I'm positive.
0: <laughs> We're going to have to like, like send him like a hundred emails before he sees it. Please don't send this to him. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? What else do we have? Um, this is another interesting panel. This is a recent panel uh, where I got it from the place where I got it. It mentioned it as uh, Eddie Brock um, essentially like being displayed as a Catholic again, because I guess for many years, especially in this time that we live in, uh, unreligious, ungodly uh, time we're in where not many believe in God. Like the society isn't really built on God as it used to be. Um, yeah, but true. Yeah, it's sad. And, but it is true that our society isn't really built by God anymore. And it's understandable. Us as humans, we don't like being controlled, but in reality, Christ offers that freedom because, um, when, when we're not with Christ, we end up being controlled by things of the world, being materialism, being sex, being, um, drugs, being, uh, food. So many things can control us, and we end up being slaves. While we think that by following Christ we'll become slaves, and that's the opposite.
1: Yeah, one of the things that comes to mind when you were talking about that is just really the story of the Old Testament. Like we see in the Old Testament, God can like constantly sending prophets, sending Himself, Mm -hmm. uh, and constantly rescuing His people over and over and over and over and over and over again. And then they always, always, always turn away from him. They return to sin. They return to false gods. They return to sacrificing their children. They do all of these horrible things. And then God's like, hey, stop doing that. And they say, no. So, okay, bad things are going to happen to you now. And then bad things happen. They're like, okay, we're sorry. And he's like, okay, you're going to turn to me now? They're like, yes, we will. And they're like, okay, I forgive you. Here's some more graces. And then they start to fall away again. Things get too easy. And then they're like, okay, hey, uh, here's another prophet. You guys are falling away again. Um, Maybe you shouldn't be doing these things. You're sacrificing your children again. You're doing all these things. It's like over and over. It's like the story of, of God and the human race. We turn away from him. We fall. We plead for help. He forgives us and says, here's what you need to do. And so we do it for a little while and things get good and then things get too good and then we fall again. It's just like this constant cycle that we go through throughout all of all of human history.
0: Exactly, uh, yeah. This just reminds me of like a meme with uh, uh, Mr. Incredible. He's like, uh, like, uh, don't you just hate it whenever you like save the world and then it just ends up finding itself in trouble again? Like you feel like a maid. I just cleaned here. I just love that uh, meme where like signifies crisis I like that like that like I've come like I've saved you guys so many times like can't you just stay saved? But um, essentially this comic uh is it was the article they uh, I got we got it from uh said that um this is uh finally him instilling his faith again. I'm guessing uh due to the way the world has been going right now, society, the Catholic part of uh, Eddie Brock had been kind of put aside, you know. But um here we see it and uh come back and this is a case where he's like think about a die. I don't know the full context. I, I can't lie. I haven't read this um this uh I can I, can't, I haven't read this comic. If I recall correctly though, yesterday when seeing it, he's like about to die or something. And it says I begin to que- and I begin to question what I have done trusting this man I have never met and knowing nothing about Help please, I can't I can't field you. Please don't let That's the heart of all of this though, isn't it? Don't let me die alone on the inside. Who is Eddie Brock? I don't know what's going on here. Any uh f- super big Venom fan, please like give us a uh, context, but um it's interesting because I wish I, ha- I think I have the other panel around here where he- he's like actually in prayer hands, I think.
1: Thing. Before we go too far from that, mm-hmm. I think we we could just analyze that.
0: Yeah, let's analyze that. Is there,
1: but, there, is there something there?
0: But um, what do you what do you see from that? What's that standing out to you?
1: Um, if you go to like that middle panel where he's crying, he's got his eyes closed. Um, where he says, "Don't let me die alone." Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of a lot of us we have an encounter with death we think about death every now and then maybe it'll come up when we watch a movie or something and we see somebody die and we go, oh, okay, that's death. But we don't really like fully digest what it means to die, what you end up losing, but mm-hmm. your heart's going to stop beating. Sure. Your body goes away. Sure. But all the people you love, you'll never talk to them again. All the things that you enjoy, your favorite foods, your, Favorite pets, you'll never pet another dog, you'll never pet another cat, you'll never hear it purr. All of these things we become attached to and we feel a sadness that we'll never see it again. And a lot of us never really digest what it means to die, what what losing these things is, it means. And the first time I really ever digested that, I was a, I was a full adult when it first hit, like really hit me. Um, because it was the first time that I was able to really think about it in detail and really digest it and it it hurt me and it scared me and, and and i realized this is all going away and there's nothing i can do about it mm-hmm. like i'm locked in it'll, i am going to die and i'm going to lose us. everything i care about yeah and even if i build up an empire even if i build up this great thing that will you know people will remember me for however many years eventually i will be forgotten eventually all of these things that i care about will be gone and when i die i can't experience any of it anyway Mm-hmm. So I started thinking about what does it mean to live? What does it mean to be a human being? And you know, you start to think. Uh, you, eventually, you reach God. Eventually, you get there. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm lost. No, no, no. no yeah. <laughs> I don't know I, where I was going with that.
0: <laughs> I, I I think you really brought up a topic. Um, I can recall when I was younger. Um, and I went through the same thing as a kid and still a bit now working on it, trying to limit it and moderate it. But I used to love collecting as a kid. I think we all fall kind of through that phase, a little hobby that we just like love and just end up putting all our all into it. I loved collecting Legos. And like, there was this weird moment of my life. I guess it was like a moment where I like, kind of had a conscience, I guess, for once when I was like 13, 14. And I finally realized I was like, wow, all these things I'm buying. And one day, I won't have them. I can't take them like to death. I'll die, and I won't have them. I remember like bringing this yeah. up to my mom, and her being like, "Why are you thinking of these things? Like, what the heck?" Well, honestly, that was the grace of God because it's true. We should all be thinking about that at all times. That
1: you can either be paralyzed by fear of death, and that you're not—you know—you're not, you know, not going to do anything about it, or, or you're not going to be able to live, you know, mm-hmm. the full life. Or You're going to lose these things, and you can—you can fall into a kind of. Um, nihilism. It's like, well, I'm going to die. None of this really matters anyway. Yeah.
0: What? Like, let me do whatever. Let me just do whatever with my life.
1: Yeah. Or you can try to pursue virtue. You can try to pursue improving other people's lives, and you know, and if you can do that even through a selfish way. To say, that, like, I'm, I'm going to improve my own life by trying to help other people. That's fine. Do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. You
0: know? can do that's a, that's a great that's how incredible our Lord is. It, it might seem under hard to understand. Sometimes we might be like, "Why does the Lord let evil happen?" No, the Lord does not let evil happen. The Lord lets you pick what you want because He doesn't. The Lord doesn't want you to be a mindless robot. You, you're uh, making a face.
1: Yeah, because I think I'm, I'm going based like, on
0: Father and, Mike, dude. You, you want to go against the Father Mike right now?
1: Okay, the guy God, God does he he does not cause evil but he does permit no evil. no, no, no. Okay, okay but he does it so that he can so for that the good. good can come out of it yes yeah. okay
0: so what, what I and was only talking... god
1: can use evil for good
0: yes exactly and what i was talking about i wasn't talking about that in that sense i was talking about how um and the question that everyone always has like how can like a good god like even allow evil to exist that's what i mean and it's, oh, okay it's like he doesn't allow evil to exist he allows us to structure us cuz we have brought evil into the world and he's able to bring good out of it but um we he lets us choose that's the beauty he doesn't want mindless robots just following him and praising him he lets us choose if we want to believe in him if we want to like live our life for him and it's 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 incredible but um going back on this yeah like i mean it's that fear of god that sometimes it's a grace that was a grace honestly as a kid to think about that that one day I won't be able to have these things. I won't, I, I'll die and these things won't mean anything. I, and like, it was like, I was barely like 14 or 15 thinking about what would happen after death. And I think that was the grace of God, like an early grace. Sadly, I didn't like fully like give himself, give myself to him in that time, but that was a grace. And yeah, God, it approaches us in the last moments. I think St. Faustina mentioned that, his mercy is so divine that he will even approach the soul three times before his death, I think, or, or infinite times, maybe not three. I just remember something that he will approach the soul many times before their, de- their true death. And I just love yeah. that thought. And yeah, he approaches many times. Um, hope we don't come off as brainwashy. Anyone listening, you, you're like, like we mentioned, you're subject to believe what you want to believe. All that we our yeah. goal with through this podcast is to have fun talking about comics, seeing, showing how they all kind of come from the faith, uh, essentially. Yeah. But I found the other panel, and okay. here, I think this is this is the next panel. I think Venom buffs, like I said, beat me up in the comments. Beat up Cardinal in the comments. I mean, Batman might come after you, but
1: be careful. But, Don't yeah. beat him up too much.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if I say something wrong, if this was the one before, let us know. But so. I think this is continuing what we just um, So in the last panel, we were seeing how he's uh thinking about God after like not, I guess, like abandoning God his whole life after God has not abandoned him. I don't know if he's questioning God in the beginning or if he's questioning the, a person who has just like deceived him and caused him to be falling to his death, which it seems. Venom fans, please uh, enlighten us if we are incorrect. But in this next panel, we see I dig into him listen, I know we haven't talked in a while. I think we can all say we've, we've done that in prayer after a while. I know we haven't talked in a while, like after coming back to the faith. Um, yep. I, I find more questions. And I'm not asking you for help. I know I don't deserve, especially not from you. Mother died in childbirth, Catholic as hell, only child. But please, I'm begging you, make sure my son is okay. You and me, we've always had our differences. But Dylan, Father was rich but lost it all after Eddie was involved in some sort of accident when he was a kid. He doesn't deserve to inherit my, my. Kid Smart goes to college, gets a gig at the Daily Globe, what, writes about murder. So I think here we, and I, I can assume that Eddie has a kid. And um, it's, it's incredible hearing about Eddie's background here. It says his mom died in childbirth that, and he's saying that it's like a very Catholic thing. I don't think we should say that like mm. like Catholic moms should expect to die in childbirth. I don't, that's not what it's saying. But what it means is like a mother is willing to give up her life as a Catholic for the birth of a new life. I think that's what. it's. Oh,
1: see, when I read it, I I thought it was in like insinuating that she was Catholic as hell, but
0: I, I think it's I like know. him like joking around like Wow, so Catholic like of that to happen, um. And his, it says his father was rich but lost it all after Eddie was involved in some sort of accident when he was a kid. So it looks like Eddie has feels like a burden here. Eddie feels like a burden because he was the reason his mother died. He was the only yeah. child. He was the reason his father lost all his money because of some accident he got into. So he's like praying to God in these last moments, it seems, that God may not cause this pain to be inherited by his son. Um, and I don't know if uh, what it says on the bottom. Kid smart goes to college, gets a gig at the Daily Globe, writes about murder. I don't know if that's, um, like saying what ends up happening with his son, or if that's saying like what happened with Eddie, because I know Eddie wrote, but that was for the, the Daily Planet. No, no, that's that's Superman.
1: That's Superman. Daily yeah, Bugle. Yeah. Daily Bugle. That's what I meant. I don't know. I don't have a whole lot to say about this one.
0: Really? Um, I, I well, what I gotta say is like. Um, it we feel like that sometimes the world will make us feel like a burden, like we're the cause of all evil, all bad things that have been going on, and we should not feel like that at all. Um, maybe some consequences are because of us, and that's a grace because we get to see the consequences to our actions that help us like learn and help us grow. Um, but here, I mean, this is a valid prayer.
1: Yeah. And in regards to prayer, it's like, hey, it's been a while. I don't really know what to say. Or at least that's usually what I say. Yeah. It's like, hey, um, you don't have to say anything to God when you pray. Mm -hmm. If you just turn towards him, you can be silent before God. Just as
0: we went over in the catechism. And I think if we were to check off the boxes um, on the catechism about this prayer, this seems completely valid. Like, I think this checks all boxes. He's a... looking towards God, he's praying for something that is good um, for his son, not to inherit any evil that he feels like he has inherited. And um, he's, he's humbling himself. He says, I don't, I know I don't deserve, especially not from you. So I think this is like an incredibly valid prayer in comparison to the prayer we saw in the beginning, the funny prayer at first from Spider-Man three, which I mean, it has its other funny moments in that movie. I think this is a, a great prayer. What do you th- what do you say, Batman?
1: I say it's valid. It's valid. Seems like prayer. a uh, yeah. Seems Very like valid. an actual prayer.
0: This is um, the other, the first comic panel we went through from the first time I think I mentioned is Catholic faith. That was a valid prayer yeah. too. Another quick, interesting fact before we end the show because it's sadly close to the end of the show. Grandpa Batman is getting sleepy. Um, it is a uh, eight thirty five currently. Um.
1: (laughs) Um. Some of us aren't in college anymore. Okay.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm. I'm used to like just staying up all late working on the podcast. But um, a cool little quick fact for any viewer: the the church from Spider Man Three is an actual church, not CG. I think we all knew it wasn't CG. CG existed at that time. Could have been a set. Yeah, yeah, and CG did, but I mean, like, it starts off with this, like, this whole like oh, it's beautiful, like, this. It starts off with this whole area that's incredible, and um, and this is a real church. It is called Saint Bre- Saint is. Brendan's. I don't know Saint Brendan. Do you know Saint Brendan? No. This Saint Brendan's Catholic Church in Los Angeles, California. If you live nearby, visit this church. This is where um eddie got the symbiote maybe you'll get the symbiote i'm joking don't like the symbiote in this case would be a demon you would not get that
1: yeah you don't want that
0: no no we're i'm joking please take that as a joke but please check out the church i mean check it out for us because i would love to see this church in person it's a beautiful church just from the images and like do do a double finger dip in the holy water get that like (laughs) full experience dude like a really
1: slow cross
0: yes like a very dramatic so dramatic, but, like, at the same time, meaningful. That was a prayer yeah. in itself. Making the sign of the cross is a prayer. But, yes, even if you're not Catholic, dude, that holy water is... You can still get some. You can still bless yourself with holy water, even as not get a Catholic. Some. Get you some, dude. Go into St. Brendan's Catholic church in, church in Los Angeles, California, or any Catholic church nearby, and... And bless yourself with holy water. Sit down with God for a couple seconds. Like we said, prayer isn't something scary. It's not a structure to it. It can simply be st- sitting in silence and just thinking about God, yeah. not saying. I much. highly
1: encourage anybody if they ever go into a Catholic church. Uh, you can go sit right up there at front, up front, right there in front of the sanctuary, which is where the altar is and all you know where the proceedings take place. Just sit up close and just look at it. Just, you can just kind of.
0: That's prayer. Um
1: sit in silence and yeah, and just kind of like spend time.
0: Who knows? Maybe you'll be moved, maybe you'll be the next saint, the next super saint. But
1: um crazy stuff happens in the quiet. Yeah. In silence. Yeah. Like a lot of crazy stuff.
0: Um, but make sure your prayer it follows the guidelines we at least went through today in the catechism. <laughs> Don't pray for someone's death, especially Peter Parker, yeah. dude. Like if you're praying for Peter Parker's death, what's wrong with you? Dude, Spider-Man um and yeah remember that no matter how many things you lose in this earthly world you'll never lose one thing that is christ
1: and um, you never know because i don't think eddie brock knows that he's spider-man at that point no he doesn't you, you never know the person that you hate they might be a superhero
0: yeah they might be a super it saint be. They might be a super saint a
1: super saint. i like that
0: but um yeah, thank you so much for listening into the Catholic Dynamic Duo. Hope we haven't put you guys to sleep. I'm the Cardinal,
1: Holy Catholic Church, Batman, <laughs> and I'm Batman. Thank you for listening.
0: <laughs> thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys later. Uh, we're gonna be off to like to fight, go fight some some crime, some sin, um, and uh, see you guys later. This is the Catholic Dynamic Duo, first episode. God bless you all in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God bless you all. The Catholic Dynamic duo is presented by Dumb Catholics FM. Are you a dumb Catholic? Do you not understand the nitty gritty and all the saints and everything, but you still go to church? Well, you're in luck, because we're hiring dumb Catholics like you. Just like we've hired Batman and Cardinal. So sign up. And maybe you too could be part of Dumb Catholics FM.